You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, and we've been covering the Chargers for over six years doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. Now this is our fourth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. Happy to be here with you on a Wednesday to bring you guys some Chargers content. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about lists to start things because we have a list of the top 10 edge defenders in the NFL from ESPN, which was asking executives, players, coaches, and a bunch of different people to rank their top 10 edge defenders. And we'll also talk about how no Chargers defensive tackle even sniffed the top 10 list at that position. So we'll get into that to start the show in segment one. And then in the second and third segments, we're going to get back to our positional breakdowns. And on today's show, we're talking about the linebackers. And I know there's been some questions about depth. And I think there's been some questions just about the unknown with the group, but I do think there's a lot of reason for optimism. In segment two, we'll talk about the starters, Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray. And then to wrap up the show, we'll get into a key depth piece in Kazir White. We'll talk about a rookie coming in in Nick Neiman and what he can bring to the table. And a couple of wild cards in our boy Bong and also Cole Christensen, who got some run last year towards the end of the season. So super packed show today, guys. Let's go ahead and get into it. Actually, before we get started, though, if you guys need a fantasy football show, we will be doing some fantasy-specific Chargers shows as things heat up in the summer. But if you guys want to get all of your fantasy football information, make sure to follow Locked On Fantasy Football wherever you get your podcast from. Host Vinny Iyer over there does a great job, and it's a great time to kind of start figuring out what you want to do for the season because I know some of you guys probably have a lot of money on the line for it, but Let's get into a list of a top 10, David, where the Chargers make the list. That's always exciting. You always want to know that you have a top 10 player out of position. And ESPN came out with their top 10 edge defenders. And I do like this list because it's not just one person's opinion, right? This is what they say. We surveyed more than 50 league executives, coaches, scouts, and players to help us stack the top 10 players at 11 different positions. Now we're talking about the edge rushers. And the list goes like this. Number one, Miles Garrett. Number two, TJ Watt. Number three, a very familiar name in Joey Boza. So he is definitely getting some respect here, David. And the thing that really stood out to me is just the fact that in terms of overall sacks, he is not up there with some of these guys, right? Because injuries and things like that on a per game basis, he is. But he doesn't get the raw sack numbers every year. And he's had some injured seasons where he hasn't even eclipsed 10. So that's really encouraging that you see that hey, his peers, right, the coaches around the league, the executives around the league still recognize him as one of the best in the league. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it really shows in one of the first lines that Jeremy Fowler puts on this description when he says, pass rush purists love Bosa, and that showed in the voting. I mean, it absolutely did. One thing I thought was interesting is someone had him as highest as number one and as lowest as 10. I mean, I don't know how you come up with that type of disparity, but I think it just shows you the collective differences of opinions that has been, you know, associated with this this kind of a list, which I think makes it really interesting. But yeah, Bosa hasn't put in, put up the 
big sack numbers consistent. And I don't think we've seen the best out of Joey Bosa either. But, I mean, one thing that kind of just shows you how effective he has been constantly was the pass rush win rate being at 24.9%, which was fifth in the league. That just means he is consistently winning his battles. And that's definitely something you want in a pass rusher. You have to win your battles if you're going to go out there and get those sacks and make your money. Another quote I liked from it is just, He's a load, an NFL offensive lineman <laughs> told me. His ability to create leverage makes for a long day, and I think that's a good summation of him because the other thing about him is he doesn't ever give up on a play, right? It's not one move motor, here, man. and then, you know, okay, I didn't get you. Let's play patty cake for the next, you know, two, three seconds while the quarterback gets rid of the ball, right? He's all hustle all the time, uses counter moves, continues to get after the quarterback, and some of his sacks have just been Effort. Exactly. Pure effort plays, just trying super hard. And you have to love that about him. And it didn't even change after he became the highest paid edge defender in the league. And that's something that you have Making to Making that love. $27.5 million a year. I mean, he could have just packed it on home. He said, hey, I got my money. I'm good. But that definitely did not happen. We saw the same Joy Bosa after the contract, which is what you wanted to see. Exactly. And I mean, and someone even recognizing him, you know, I wonder if that's Tom Telesco. Hey, number one, right? You wonder <laughs> where those are coming in. I bet they're probably not allowed to go on their own players. But either way, I mean, some people think he is legitimately the best edge rusher in the league. And I think his overall game kind of lends itself to that. One thing, you know, on the negative side of things, though, that it does bring up is just that he didn't match his peers in double team effectiveness. He only had five wins. On 64 attempts, which is 7.8% of the time, that's from Jeremy Fowler and ESPN. That definitely surprised me a little bit, Daniel. I wasn't expecting that. When I saw that, I was like, really? Especially just because last year we didn't really have a fully healthy Melvin Ingram for the entire season, right? So yeah. you would think in a year like that, Joey Bosa is getting double teamed basically as much as another team can afford to do it. But that's the great thing about it, David, is now – there is actual reason to hope that he can be better to finally put up the production that kind of matches how good of a player that he is. Because one of the things that Brandon Staley specializes in, getting the defensive lineman, getting the edge rusher one-on-one advantages. And that's the thing is you're seeing it right here. I mean, he's one of the most effective one-on-one pass rushers in the league, and that's not even up for debate. Now he gets a defensive head coach in Brandon Staley, who can specialize in getting him those one-on-one matchups, which are just nightmares for offensive linemen. Absolutely. I mean, that's what you want for Joey Bosa. I think he's illustrated in his career. When he gets those opportunities, he wins them more times than not. And if you want an example of how Joey Bosa might be used this year, you just look no further than Aaron Donald last year and what Brandon Staley did with him. He moved him all over the place just to put him in the best position to get that one-on-one battle and and win. And trust me, Aaron Donald won a lot. And Joey Bosa, I'm not saying he's the same caliber as Aaron Donald because Aaron Donald is on a planet all his own. But Joey Bosa is up there and he has skills that you can use. And I think there are schemes that Brandon Staley is going to try to put Joey Bosa in those one-on-one matchups, and that's why I think he's going to have a lot more success this year. Also, this defense is going to blitz more, too, so he's just going to get after the quarterback a lot more effectively and a lot more than the previous defensive staff, so I'm really excited for what that's going to look like and for what Joey Bosa's stat line is going to look like at the end of the year. And it's a lot harder to double-team Joey Bosa if the offensive linemen think that Kenneth Murray is going to be screaming in there 
with his athleticism on a blitz, which is much more realistic this season. But, I mean, you don't even have to look at a defensive tackle like Aaron Donald. I mean, he was an outside linebackers coach in Chicago with Khalil Mack. He was an edge rusher coach when he was in Denver with Von Miller. So, like, we've seen guys do exactly what Joey Bosa is going to do, and they all succeeded, all had some of their best years, and I expect nothing less from Joey Bosa if he's able to stay healthy. But really quickly here, another list that we're not going to get too much into is the top 10 defensive tackles in the league. And you want to talk about surprising, you know, the variance. Somebody had Aaron Donald as the fourth highest rated defensive tackle, which doesn't make any sense no matter how you slice it, right? I thought Whatever I say, you are taking, I need some of that. Yeah, and I think that whoever that person was, I think had Stephon Tuitt as their number one, and he had a really good season last year. That's like the best case scenario of Jerry Tillery is Stephon Tuitt. That's another conversation for another time. But the defensive tackles, I mean, I think it's not the fact that the Chargers don't have a top 10 defensive tackle, right? I mean, they've been looking for that dude since Jamal Williams, and we've talked about that. But it's just the fact that they didn't even have a guy that's receiving votes, right? There's like another 10 guys on this list outside of the top 10 that at least got votes to be in the top 10. Chargers don't have any of those guys. And I think, you know, we knew that. Like, we probably before even clicking on that link know a Chargers defensive tackle or interior defensive lineman isn't showing up. But, man, what it would be like to have Aaron Donald with Joey Bosa. So, let's play a new game, David, here. What would you cut off to bring in Aaron Donald to the Chargers? So, I'm going to throw it out there. Would you cut off your finger to bring Aaron Donald to the Chargers? Oh, man, that would be really tough because – Seeing Joey Bosa and Aaron Donald on the same line, it's almost worth it if my finger could grow back. Now, if you're taking my finger away, I can't do it's it. I might be able back. to separate a pinky toe. I think I could possibly do that. I can I can live without that for the marvel of having an Aaron Donald, a, just a monster in the middle that we haven't had in a very long time. Yeah, I think I might do that. But a finger? Nah, I can't do that. I would cut my dick off. For sure, to get Aaron Donald to the Chargers. I mean, that's how good the Chargers <laughs> defense. <laughs> You're lucky you didn't say yes to the finger. I mean, it would have been your thumb. So you would have had one, you know, hand that wouldn't have been much use to you. But either way, I mean, the thought of that, the thought of bringing in any kind of defense tackle, because obviously Aaron Donald would be the best defensive tackle in history because he's maybe the best defensive tackle that we've ever seen in the NFL. And there's a lot of older guys that, you know, might be up for that discussion. But it's hard to argue against it, you know, with what Aaron Donald's done, but especially with Justin Herbert on that rookie contract. Whew, I mean, the amount of first round picks I would send, you know, and body parts for Aaron Donald would be pretty ridiculous. But Daniel <laughs> Wade just said he would go dickless for a chance to have Aaron Donald in lightning bolts. Just let that sink in. Yeah, I'm no Mike Vrabel, so I mean it's maybe Aaron Donald and a Super Bowl. Maybe that starts the conversation for you know me to never have children in my life. Maybe I adopt. I don't know. Lots of options. But we do have two more good segments to get into because we're breaking down the linebackers today. And I think it's a group for the Chargers that has some question marks but has a very promising future ahead of it. So we're going to get started with the starters, Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray, coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked on Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can still bet on the Stanley Cup playoffs for now, and the NBA Finals have started. Plus, there's a giant 
Conor McGregor fight this weekend, guys. It's going to be a really good card, and that's a great way to make some money. Find an underdog. Hope he lands that one punch and you're cashing out, walking to the bank, right? And even if you only like to bet on football, there's a bunch of NFL future bets that are out there right now. And the only place that we trust our money with is betonline.ag. And right now, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. It's promo code Locked On, all caps, one word, for a 50% welcome bonus at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, David, well, it's time to get back into these position group breakdowns, and we've done a couple so far, right? We've gotten, you know, the defensive tackles, the interior defensive linemen. We've covered quarterbacks. Now we're going back to the defensive side of things again and talking about the linebackers, which is a pretty polarizing unit, I would say, just in general, because I think you want to hope that Kenneth Murray takes a big lead going into year two, and I think there's a lot of reasons to believe that he can. And you want Drew Tranquil to return from a pretty gruesome injury in 2020 to being the up-and-coming player that we saw his first year in the league in 2019 before he so tragically had to be placed on injured reserve after one week, really one series, basically a couple plays into the season. So let's start with Kenneth Murray here because I think that the reason that you get excited about Kenneth Murray specifically is just what you've heard so far this offseason, mm-hmm. David, and just the getting downhill, doing what he does best, trying to use his athleticism. And then you hear, you know, Brandon Staley, like, talking about him mic'd up, you know, when it's not like, – like, obviously he knows people are listening, but a true genuine moment where, like, hey, then you have this guy coming through on a blitz or something, you know, something along those lines, and it's like, oh, yeah, he's staying up at night thinking of how can I use Kenneth Murray because the reason the Chargers picked him is pretty simple. I mean, Anthony Lynn said he walked in the room, you felt his presence – Brought a lot of leadership, and he had a ton of athleticism. It didn't all come together his first year, right? Especially in coverage, he was definitely exposed there. But I do think, David, especially with Brandon Staley, there's a lot of optimism that Kenneth Murray can have a big year in year two after being one of the only Chargers rookies ever to get over 100 tackles in his first season. Yeah, I mean, Kenneth Murray coming in uh, as a first-round pick with a lot of expectations uh, going into a defense that he really didn't know. I mean, he didn't play in this cover-three style of defense that Gus Bradley was deploying at the time, so he had to learn something completely new and handle some coverage responsibilities that he wasn't really comfortable with, and I think that showed pretty early in the season. I mean, he was pretty good at getting after the ball carrier. I mean, he had some great open field speed. He can run sideline to sideline, and I think we saw him get better Every single week. I mean, towards the end of the season, he was a much different linebacker and a lot more comfortable in the defense than what he showed in the first few games. So Kenneth Murray coming into a new defense with Brandon Staley in a scheme that's going to allow him to play more downhill and really get after the ball carrier and get after the quarterback, uh, which is a skill that they just didn't utilize last year. I mean, we saw it on a handful of occasions, which was a lot less than we should have. He only came out with one sack, Daniel. And I think in this new defense, if he comes out of this year with only one sack, it would be a huge, huge surprise. Yeah, it would be a big disappointment. I mean, let's not, you know, <laughs> let's say how it is. I mean, you'd be incredibly surprised and incredibly disappointed just because that means, you know, all of the things that we're envisioning right now didn't come to fruition because I think we yeah. all have pretty high expectations for his athletic ability. But his only season that we've seen him in the NFL so far, yes, he had a lot of tackles, 
He was a very sure tackler. Pro football reference had him at 7% missed tackles, but a lot of those were early on in the season, right? And he went into last season, day one starter, and probably had a torn labrum, you know, did have a torn labrum for the entire season and got shoulder Yeah, he said he was dealing with it since college. Exactly. So he was hampered by that. And there was big questions about how he would do in zone coverage because he did not do that at Oklahoma, right? Sometimes you'd match him up with a running back in the flats, something along those lines, usually either man coverage or just in the flats, one of those things. That's what his coverage is going to be now. There's no Gus Bradley, you know, Drew Tranquil running after Tyreek Hill down the middle of the field like he talked about in his press conference. (laughs) You're going to get pretty simple responsibilities, and they're going to trust the guys on the back end to take care of that. So I do think that Kenneth Murray can succeed in coverage even in Brandon Staley's defense to some extent in certain scenarios because there were a lot of times in college they throw a little flare pass in the in the flats to the running back and he gets a tackle for loss, you know, five yards behind the line of scrimmage just because like he can a close. seeking missile. Right, and his, it's simplified for him, right? He knows he has one guy. He's getting downhill quickly and he's getting to that ball carry right after he catches the ball and we know he's a short tackler. And a pretty decent open field tackler as well. So if he's in those scenarios, I do think it limits some of the questions about his coverage ability while also getting so much more in him being downhill, him being close to the line of scrimmage, him blitzing. I mean, even the threat of him blitzing. There was no real threat of that last year because it didn't happen ever. So just even that, I think, will help him. But I think the good from Brandon Staley is going to far outweigh the bad and Brandon Staley's going to know what his shortcomings are, right? He knows what Kenneth Murray doesn't do well. I'm sure he's working with him to get better, but he's probably not going to put him in a lot of situations where he knows this is something Kenneth Murray is bad at, right? I think that's one of the things we're most excited about with Brandon Staley. But even more than that, I think a lot of Charger fans are really excited to see Drew Tranquil come back because he came on (laughs) like his hair was on fire his rookie season. He blocks two punts. His rookie year, which we never see any Charger do, rookie or not, makes his way through special teams, gets on the field next to Thomas Davis, and that's another reason to be excited about linebackers. I mean, we're only a couple of years away from (laughs) Thomas Davis and an off-injured Denzel Perriman being the main two linebackers for this team. So, I mean, I think the young guys you have right now, exciting guys, give you a lot of reason to have hope. But even Drew Tranquil, David, was not a good coverage defender when you just look at the bare numbers. He moves around well. He's a former safety. He's very athletic. Him and Kenneth Murray were about the same in each of their one seasons of in coverage, at least according to Pro Football Reference. Both of them gave up a passer rating of over 108. Both of them gave up a completion percentage of over 80%. That is concerning just on a base level because I don't know who the best coverage linebacker on this team is. I think it'll eventually be Drew Tranquil, but... We haven't seen it to this point, so it's all about projection. But besides that, though, Drew Tranquil was an underrated run stopper, too. And I think you have to be able to tackle so well in Brandon Staley's defense. They had the lowest missed tackle percentage out of any team in the NFL last season. And that's somewhere where I think he's going to be dependable. And I think that him coming back from this injury, he's had a few injuries. If he stays healthy, I think there's good reason to be excited about this duo and Drew Tranquil specifically. 
Yeah, hey, Batman needs his Robin, right? I mean, Kenneth Murray needs Drew Tranquil out there. I think these guys are going to make each other better. I think they complement each other fairly well. I think in this new defense, when they're going to be handling responsibilities and coverage that they should handle, like in the, the short to intermediate routes, I think they can have some success. I mean, maybe more short than intermediate, but... You like them handling things at their level and letting things that, you know, like you said before, go go by that need to go by and allow those corners and deep, those DBs, as Brandon Staley put it, handle those type of responsibilities. Uh, but I think this defense is is built for both of these guys. I mean, they're going to be able to play uh, downhill, use that those that use that speed and those instincts that they have and that the, that intelligence. I think you hear Drew Tranquil talk and you're marveled. I mean, how well he's able to articulate and, and speak about the defense and how excited he is about what his role is going to look like this year. I mean, I think with him being healthy, hopefully knock on wood, uh, that he can go out there and have a career year. Yeah, there's a lot of reason to be excited. I mean, you're saying Batman and Robin. If you ask Daniel Popper, who's more important, if you look at his list, it was Drew Tranquil, right? So he could be equally as important as Kenneth Murray potentially. And both of them, I think, excel at different things. But overall, they're both two athletic linebackers who have some shortcomings in coverage. And I think that Brandon Staley specifically, especially working with the group of linebackers he did in 2020, which was nobody's, I mean, not even to be like mean about it. They're just... They had so many injuries at the linebacker position. Like, they were playing a bunch of undrafted guys, a bunch of guys pretty much off the scrap heap, and they made it work on the number one defense in the NFL. So, I think that's the exciting thing is you have some young guys who you feel like are your future right now, and there's a lot of reason to expect them to get better in the upcoming defense. So, Brand Staley said you have to have guys who can run and cover. Maybe in this sense, you know, and just man coverage with running backs, Potentially some tight ends at times when he thinks they're going to be running shorter routes. Maybe these guys can do a lot better than that, right? And do better than they showed in each, you know, they've each played one season in the NFL. So a lot of reason to think that they can improve. But there are a few other linebackers on the roster that we know will make the team and a couple of more who are wild cards. So we're going to get into Kazir White, rookie Nick Neiman, and more coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the best protein bar on the planet, of course, is Built Bar, and right now they have a very exciting, very delicious flavor out there. They have the Grasshopper Cookie, which is kind of like a thin mint with chocolate. We have mint. We have deliciousness, 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew. It's available this week only to get that new Built Bar flavor, Grasshopper Cookie. What does it taste like? This Built Bar's version of a classic thin mint cookie, all the flavor without all of that sugar because it has 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar, but it's not just the grasshopper cookie. You can go back and get all of the, tra the traditional flavors that they have to choose from, like cookies and cream, orange, strawberry, mint brownie, double chocolate. So many good flavors to choose from. There's I don't know if there's been one that I really just don't like at all, but they're great for you, and you can feel like you're having a delicious treat while staying in tune with your body and staying on whatever diet you're on. But right now, we can even save you guys some money because if you go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, you can get 15% off your order of Built Bars. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word for 15% off at Built.com. All right, David. Well, now we've talked about the guys that we hope and expect to see for the Chargers starting when 2021 starts. But there's a lot of guys on this roster that there still has to be some talk about because one thing we've seen from that linebacker position is a lot of injuries, right? So 
you have to have guys who can come in and fill in, right? Last year, Denzel Perryman did a great job of that. Nick Vigil even did a pretty good job of that. But the guys behind the top two guys outside of one are pretty much unknowns at this point. But I do want to talk about one guy, and that's Kazir White, who's entering his fourth season as a fourth-round pick out of West Virginia, a former safety that converted to linebacker, who had to play a lot last year. He ended up playing in 11 games, got 10 starts last season, and had over 70 combined tackles. But it was a pretty rough year for him in coverage, to say the least. I mean, it seemed like he got picked on at times in the 2020 season. But it also seemed like he was really close to making a lot of those plays, right? When the ball was in the air was definitely an issue. But yeah. now he's not relied at, but now this year he doesn't have to be relied on as the future of the position for the Chargers. And I think Kazir White, the starter, doesn't get you overly excited. You don't jump out of your chair. But Kazir White as a backup makes you feel a little bit better about the depth of the position. Yeah, definitely. I, I think coming into his uh, fourth year in the league here where he's had a couple of years to kind of get comfortable at the NFL level and get comfortable with the speed, I think uh, he's going to be in a better position to have some success this year. I, I, I actually like his ability and coverage. I mean, I, I know he didn't show very well last year, but I, I think there's some instincts there and some speed there from you know when he used to play safety. Yeah, and he was uh, better his first couple of seasons too, I mean, in coverage. He was. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's kind of what I remember, too. I just think that, that there's some good coverage ability in there, and maybe as part of Brandon Staley's personnel groupings, he can be used in that type of a way to where he can accentuate the strengths of his game, which I think is pass coverage. But, I mean, in a rotational role, to have a, a linebacker that's coming off of a 70-plus tackle season, I mean, this guy is productive. I think he showed that he could do that. So, I mean, coming in more of that Denzel Perriman type of role this year, I think to, to keep him fresh and keep everyone in the group fresh I mean this is a good quality linebacker especially because it'll be interesting to see how this new coaching staff handles the knee issue from his rookie season right we heard about the limited snap count with Kazir White and a lot of the times I think he was playing really out of position because they were kind of playing him as like an outside linebacker at the end of the line of scrimmage and in Gus Bradley's defense for some of that time I just really think he was kind of misused a lot of times I expect him, you know, to have some role on this defense, and I'm still holding out hope that he can become a solid player, but this is his last year with the Chargers under contract. This is the year for him to prove it, but there is another guy that I'm very interested in as well, and that's Nick Neiman, a guy that I think the Chargers made a pretty good pick in taking him in the sixth round, the first pick in the sixth round, but a guy that I hadn't really watched before they drafted him, and a guy that I came away really liking after I did Especially when, you know, you look at his athletic scores and you'd be like, what? Like, that dude is doing that? Like, he ranked, you know, in the top one percentile. And as far as athletics go, at linebacker, I mean, the dude tested as an athletic freak. And then you turn on the tape, you see that he's a coach's son, something that definitely Brandon Staley loves about him, I'm sure. Very Very fundamentally sound. A guy that loves to tackle. Made a ton of tackles, but... It all basically came in his last year of college, and I think now he looks like he's the fourth linebacker up. I don't think anyone is projecting him to miss the team at this point. We expect him to play on special teams, and I think the biggest question is how soon will he be ready, right? Just because he is one of the key reserves at that position, is he ready to make that next step in the NFL? And we're going to have to see I think they traded Nick's. I think they, they traded Nick Neiman for for Nick Vigil. Terrible Nick Vigil. <laughs> hey, come on now. 
I'm just uh, trying to do my job here. But no, uh, I, in all seriousness, I, I do think this is a guy who's going to come in and play on special teams right away, and I think he has the ability to, to make this unit much better. I, I mean, you need some young, athletic type of guys on your unit, and you know with Darius Swinton, he's going to try to get everyone from every single unit and – Definitely Nick Neiman fits the bill as far as special teams contributor. And I do think he can work his way onto the defense in a run support type of role. I, I thought he did fairly well at that in college. I think he had some good success. He's a very sure tackler. I mean, you, he doesn't mind doing it. So I, I think that that's the way he could work his way onto the defense. But how soon is that going to be? Yeah, I mean, I think he might have to put on a little bit of weight to do that. And linebackers are getting smaller. So the fact that he comes out as like 230 pounds, He's not like a thick run stuffer type. You know, you wouldn't know that just by looking at him. But very solid tackler. I would just worry about how is he going to hold up against NFL offensive linemen when they get to that second level, right? Because if you get picked off by that guy, it turns a two-yard, you know, one-yard gain into a 10 to 30-yard gain potentially, right? Because you get picked off by that lineman. That's what I would worry about. But very excited for a guy who, I mean – who looks like his worst case scenario is like a Nick DeZubner, like a more athletic Nick DeZubner. And when you're getting that with your sixth round pick, I mean, you have to be kind of okay with that if you can get kind of a special teams ace out of that equation. But really quickly, we've gone super long on this, but the wild cards for this unit, and we don't know how many linebackers that Brandon Staley is going to keep. There's a potential that he only keeps four inside linebackers. And yes, I mean, this whole show, I let you guys believe that linebackers we're part of this show, and we could be talking about Joey Bosa. That's not going to happen in this part of the show. Inside linebackers only. Edge defenders will have their own time. But four inside linebackers for this team seems like a number that could be for the Chargers, right? They could only keep four. Could be Nick Neiman, Kazir White, Kenneth Murray, and Drew Tranquil. But there's a couple of guys I think have a shot, right? And I think it starts with our boy Bong. Amen, Ong Bong, Bamiga. I have to keep saying his name because it's been so long since we talked about him, but Our boy Bong really decorated at Oklahoma State, had a bunch of accolades, a bunch of tackles. In this scenario, looks like he's going up against Cole Christensen, who came up to help some special teams late in the year. Didn't do anything to be like, oh, yeah, hey, that guy has a big future with the team. (laughs) It was fine, but not a super agile guy, really a straight line runner kind of thing, big, broad shoulders, not the best change of direction. So maybe I'm just excited to see something new in Bong. And Bong tested out pretty average athletically. Neither guy is going to blow you away with their athleticism. But you, if out of the two of them, I think I would give the edge to Bong. Yeah, I mean, I think looking at, at position groups on this roster, and, and you don't know how Brandon Slade is going to construct his roster. I mean, we don't know exactly what that's going to look like. He might carry more inside linebackers. He might carry more defensive linemen. We don't know. We just don't know what that's going to look like. But if they do, I could see like if he does carry an extra one, I could see a, a, a spot for Bong to possibly make it if he plays with his hair on fire on special teams and he goes out there and goes crazy and makes a name for himself. I mean, he wants to earn himself a job. That That's where he's going to do it, I, I, I believe. Yeah, and I mean, just during this, I just looked it up because I meant to beforehand. The Rams kept three inside linebackers last season and they kept five outside linebackers aka edge rushers so take that how you will but maybe thinking five is too much maybe four is the max maybe Nick Neiman is on the bubble 
Who knows? We'll let it play out. But I think there's some reason to be excited about this group. And after, you know, kind of patchworking the, the linebackers over the last really like 10 years. I mean, Donald Butler obviously <laughs> was good for a little while, got the contract completely it dropped sucks. off. Yeah, I mean, there's been some guys that have come in and, and you know, Takeo Spikes was a linebacker. He's a Thomas Davis. They've tried to fill it with, you know, outside guys and free agents, but it's been a while since we've had a couple of young up-and-coming players to be excited about. So at least at the top end, even if there might be some depth questions, I think there's a lot of hope in this position group, and I think that there's a lot of reason to be excited about it. But we'll still have more position groups to get into, and we'll be back with you guys on Friday. Until then, make sure you guys follow the show wherever you get your podcasts from, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the new Odyssey app. We would really appreciate that. And if you don't already, make sure you follow us on Twitter. You can find me at DanTalkSports. You can find David at DroTalkSD as well as the show's page at LockedOnLAC. We post all the shows to all of those accounts. So if you follow us there, you'll make sure you never miss the show. But subscribing or following is obviously the easiest way to do it. We also have an Instagram page at LockedOnChargers where we post the show. And we also have a Locked On Chargers Facebook page. But if you guys want to get your own voice on the show, if you want to join the show as a quasi co-host for a day, make sure to call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line. The number is 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But that's going to do it for us today. We're working on some really big guests coming up for you guys. But we'll continue this position group breakdown and keep talking about every player on this Chargers roster and what the outlook is going into the season. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.